What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But first, let's do some ads. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the video versions of this very podcast. Experience the madness in full HD, ad-free, on Vimeo at anwd.net slash videos. 99 cents an episode or $6 a month gets you all 92 episodes on limited streaming. Just have to tell you that occasionally nudity does happen on the show. And the nudity is preserved when it has happened. So, you know, go hunt for those Easter eggs. But seriously, getting the video versions also really does help support this show. So check those out today at anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that's anwd.net slash videos. We are also brought to you by my Twitch stream. That's right. I stream video games every Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and apparently Fridays now. Playing a lot of Among Us. Started up an XCOM 2 campaign. Doing all of stuff. Come hang out in the chat. Throw a subscription if you can. We have a lot of fun with it. We have a whole Discord going. Come on by. Twitch.tv slash Slayer. Once again, that's Twitch.tv slash Slayer. My guest this week is adult performer Aria Cade. Aria and I talk about what she wants to do when the pandemic's over. What it's like to be sharing a house with her husband, her two children, while still being an active performer. Pizza. We definitely talked about pizza. And sports. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy, Drinking Buddies. Yeah. Ooh, cheers, pro salute, Davo, and everything in between. Hell yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just killing this bottle. Oh, yeah. Elijah Craig. Good nice. Good stuff. Yeah. We're bourbon, whiskey, scotch drinkers in this house, too. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know how people couldn't be. I, I don't understand. I know. They're not real people. They must be robots. Right. <laughs> and not like fun Futurama robots, because Futurama robots are on alcohol. No, <laughs> it's true. Nothing fun, not the fun kind. Right? Vodka? I mean, I, I mean, vodka has its place, but it's when not... you're like 18 and hiding it in a Poland Spring bottle to get into parties, you know? <laughs> right? It's like, oh yeah, this is totally water. This is water. I swear to Trump, I'm not God. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I just need to put some cran. I just need some cranberry juice for my water, please. <laughs> no, we would just straight chug those bad boys. The wasp life in suburbia, New Jersey. <laughs> oh no, I, I definitely had friends who did that. Like, would yeah, you know, when we were broke, roll into even roll into the bar with just fucking. Oh yeah. It's like eh. hockey games. You got the airplane bottles in your boots. Like being a girl wearing high boots, you got the airplane bottles in your boots. <laughs> you know. For my large-chested friends, like put it here, you know. <laughs> Have you ever seen those um, bras that you can fill with wine? Yes, yes. We're going to get them for my girlfriend's bachelorette party. 
because with COVID and everything, we can't really do anything. So we kind of have to just do a safe house party. So we're just going to get all of the stereotypical, stupid, basic (laughs) stuff to try to make it silly and fun, you know? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just kind of dove right into this. But yeah. Let's get the pleasantries all the way. All right, how the hell are you doing? I am doing well. I'm trying to stay warm. It is snowing here currently in New Jersey. So I've got myself a little lemon lavender with a little bit of Jack Daniels and a little bubbly to make me, you know, warm up a little bit. But how about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's unseasonably cold here in Los Angeles. It's 57 degrees. Uh, Take off like... 30 degrees and that's how cold it is in jersey right now so i'm originally a chicago guy i know what a real winter is yeah okay but you don't know what real pizza is (laughs) oof oof gauntlet thrown down thrown jersey one chicago no no, no. they each have their places new york style Mm -hmm. pizza has its places it's very true it's very true the traditional Chicago pizza isn't the fucking deep dish. Like, deep dish is a once in the blue moon, you get deep dish. Yeah. Generally, it's the tourists who are like, ooh, deep dish. No, real Chicago pizza is thin as hell, cut into squares. Yeah. With a crackery, like, crust. Like, that. that's real Chicago pizza. Yeah, I always laugh whenever I'm watching TV. I just actually binge the Netflix show episodes with Matt LeBlanc. I don't know if you've seen it. And it always sounds really funny when you preface things with, there's this really great show with Matt LeBlanc. And everyone's like, okay. But it was actually hilarious. And I absolutely loved it. But the pizza that they bought on their pizza nights, my husband and I are cringing. We're like, you know, this is LA pizza. Because no one that knows real pizza would be like, oh, that's the best pizza. That's a pizza night, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but you have, you have people who live in LA as the writers. You have LA cast. They're like, this is great. Yeah. And yeah. being in LA, there are a couple good spots that are decent. Like, yeah. it's not all bad. I mean, there's a lot of fucking Yeah, I'm sure stuff. it's like anywhere, right? You know, you, it's the same thing with like Chinese food or Mexican. And it also has to do with your taste, too. Some people want like Tex-Mex. Some people want more Spanish, you know, so it's. You know, rice and beans on its own, you know, pizza crust, pizza, you know, sauce, you know, gravy, marinara, you know, what are you going <laughs> to, so that's a whole nother, right? I actually got a pizza from like a place here that does decent New York style last night. So, Ooh. so there's a lot of places that will actually ship their water from New Jersey to the pizzeria so that it's New York style because it's all the, it's the dough and it's the water and everyone thinks oh, Jersey's dirty, like, that's disgusting. Jersey water would actually... Thanks to Newark Airport, that's not New Jersey. We've got, like, the Garden State, so we've got mountains, and we've got, you know, some really nice areas that are all rural, so we have really crystal clean water, go figure. <laughs> right, right. Newark, all that, Edison, all that area is basically just New York. Yeah, it's like flying into any airport, really. You wouldn't want people to base, you know, everything on your state an airport you know if that's going to be an industrial area 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah you can't even i don't even think you could say you've been to the state if you've like had a layover Except for detroit actually the detroit airport blew my mind because i had no idea what to expect and i fly into detroit and i'm like what the heck is this luxury mall in this airport right now you know with the second level sky train yeah Yeah, i'm like i was like it's like 
what? I've never seen this where there's, you know, designer handbag stores. Like I'm walking into like a mall of America or, you know, out here we have the Short Hills Mall, you know, or, you know, one of the Westfield malls is like, wow, I didn't know this was the experience that I'm trying to have right now. <laughs> oh, I know. The Detroit airport is like deceptively nice. And the Delta Lounge is self-service, so. Ooh. <laughs> I had many, many a layover at that airport. I bet, yeah. Yeah, I had a layover there once because I was visiting an ex who was in the military. So my layover was there. And I was like, oh, God. Like, tra- it was the first time I'm traveling by myself. And I've gotten better, but I'm definitely like um, Kristen Wiig's character in Bridesmaids when she's like, there's something you're not telling us. There's a colonial woman. Did you feel that? You know, every time there's turbulence, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. Where their kids are, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, that's me on the plane. So the good thing about COVID is that first class tickets are peanuts. So, and I have points, so I've been cashing them in so that I'm like, okay, at least when I'm flying out to LA, I can lay down and I won't sleep, but I can at least hold on to a bed versus like like this. So that's always comical. Oh, the bed seats are the fucking best. Mm-hmm. They're peanuts. I mean, when I flew to AVN last year, which was my first AVN, the ticket per person was easily $800. For a first class ticket from New Jersey all the way to LA, it was four hundred dollars for a lay down seat. That's unheard of. Right. You know, it was like absolutely crazy. And I have, like I said, I had points and I had canceled flights from when lockdown all happened. So I'm like, all right, I'm cashing these in, you know. And there's no change fees because it's during, you know, COVID. So a basic coach cancellation ticket is the equivalent of a cross country first class ticket. It's like, why wouldn't I, you know? See, now you're making me want to go cash in some points and go somewhere. I, I, I know, know that'd be wildly responsible. <laughs> See, I, I haven't spent too much time in Jersey. Like, I mm-hmm. went out for some of the Edison Exoticas, you know, in the past. Yeah. Um, the best party of all the Exoticas, in my opinion. Yeah. Edison, Edison used to be a real good time. Like, when I went, Chicago, like, the early years of the Chicago Exoticas were fucking mm. wild. Yeah, especially because yeah. that was home. So like, yeah, you know, I drag people out. Be like, no, 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 we're not going to the official parties. I know people. We're gonna. Yeah, yeah. This is the real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a couple of years since I've gone, and it's just they're not the same. I feel like the prevalence of the internet has made it like people less willing to spend the money to go see people in person. Yeah, New Jersey's always has always been packed every year that I went. I went to Portland. Technically, that was what last year, two years ago. Yeah. Time is like you know. <laughs> What was a year ago? It was two years ago. It's so hard. But Portland was absolutely dead when I went. It's also the first year. And there were like five other expos going on. Um, So, but the good thing about that is I got to meet fellow performers and actually talk to them. And I probably wouldn't have had that same opportunity if fans were all over the place, you know? So that like, I can say that, you know, Lexi Luna is pretty much, you know, my bestie right now in the industry. And that wouldn't have happened, you know, if we weren't directly across from each other in the traffic, you know, being so slow and same with Jillian Jansen was talking to her nonstop, but she was right, you know, next to me and we've all become fast friends, which is really nice. You um, know? I know Jillian. She's great. Like mm-hmm. she's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and unfortunately for the Exotica guys, like the first year shows have pretty much gone like that on most of them. Like I went, yeah. So the one year they did Columbus, Ohio, and that was 
pretty dead. Yeah, I think it's hard to. Portland is the strip club capital, so it's nothing new. Whereas in New Jersey, we don't really have anything like that. And it's not like you're a porn capital, like if you're on the West Coast. So everyone is coming from the Northeast to Exotica to get that taste, um, I think, which is why oh, yeah, the no. best parties in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why Edison's been like the flagship forever. And places like Miami, the Miami shows have been fun. They're like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun when Exotica was in Miami. But there's a reason that they had to move to Fort Lauderdale and then canceled it for a couple of years because it was the attendance wasn't there. Like. <laughs> Yeah, especially when the show was on South Beach. It's like, you're on fucking South Beach. Yeah, yes, there's there's beautiful women in here, but you can walk 10 feet and there are fucking beautiful women. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. And the ones on the beach, you you might have a chance of actually, like, taking home. Taking them home. You're you're not taking home anyone from Exotica, especially on that side of the booth. No. Unless you're tested and you ask my husband. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, your inbox, your poor inbox right now. It's like, no, yeah, I know. Boop, 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 boop. It's like just screenshots of test results. Like, I'm good, I'm good. What's your husband? Yeah. I, I need to have your husband now. I wasn't talking about COVID only, guys, okay? I wasn't talking about your SAT scores. No, I'm just I, I think anyone who's going to slide into just slide into your DMs be like, oh, yeah, I want to perform with you. Probably not the highest SAT scores. Yeah, I mean, hey, I was an Ivy Leaguer, so, oh. you know, to each their own. <laughs> oh, no, no. There are plenty of very intelligent performers. I'm not No, I'm that. just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I always joke that whenever the, that whole thing of, you know, oh, I want to perform. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, got to pay your dues, A. And B, I think what people don't realize is there's a script and when the producer wants you to pop at minute between minute 20 and 23, you got to pop between minute 20 and 23, whether you think that girl's the hottest thing to slice bread or you think you would never touch her with a 10 foot pole when you were out, you know? And what? it's like, okay, well, I need you to be able to do every single position, get rock hard, no matter what the girl looks like. And at minute 23, I need you to pop. Ready, set, go. Oh, oh and by the way, these are the hottest girls that have the best head game and the best you know, wet ass pussies out there. So you then also have to hold it for 23 minutes on top of that. <laughs> so, well, and, you know. and do it while guys like me are standing there with a camera right next to you. Yeah. Or like the POV, like over your shoulders, right. like, Hey, how are you doing? You know, the, Hey Arnold, heavy breathing, <sighs> like on your neck while you're trying to <laughs> yeah, yeah. under hot lights mm-hmm. with performers who may not be into you. Like, yeah. you may be super into the girl you're working with, and she may not give a flying fuck oh, about yeah. you. And if you're making that girl do anal, she hasn't had anything to eat, so she's not happy. She's hungry. <laughs> you know? Not that she doesn't enjoy it, but, you know, when a girl's hangry for an anal day, that's a whole nother beast. <laughs> yeah. it's. I like to tell people all the time, it's like any other job. There's some days you show up to work and it's fucking amazing. There's some days you yeah. show up to work and shit. And, you know, you may get a partner who's showed up to a, what is a shit day to work for, for whatever reason, and you yeah. still have to be able to fucking perform. She still has to be able to perform. Yeah. There's a, re- there's a reason not every guy can fucking do the job. No, it's true. It's hard. You know, everyone has that pressure. Me, I'm lucky. I can, I'm always horny and I'm always, <laughs> I, that's why I've tagged myself the greedy luck because I'm ready to rumble at all times, you know? Um, and I love that high energy because like you said, it could be a shit day and 
maybe that one time that my co-star comes in and has a shit day and I'm like, Hey, I'm so excited. We're going to have fun. Like, Oh my God, you're so sexy is all that my co-star needed to be like, all right, I'm sexy. Yeah. This is going to be fun. You know, and you can get into that because my first ever girl, girl shoot, I was super nervous and it was with Sarah St. Clair. And I first, I watched her, you know, before I ever got in the industry. She's like, this is Sarah St. Clair. Oh my gosh. She turns, she looks at me, she, you know, we're getting dressed, you know, stripping down, da, da, da. she up and downs me and goes, I'm going to like the fuck out of your pussy. And I'm like, yes, I'm like, this is perfect. You know, so that just like stuck with me that I knew, okay, that moment I felt like a million bucks and I want to, you know, like pay it forward. The greedy slut pay it forward. You know? <laughs> so good. Oh, Sarah's, yeah. oh, Sarah's great. Uh, I love her. Yeah. She's so much fun. So much fun. First time she ever met my husband. You know, if you ever want me to suck your dick, you know, we could share your dick. And of course, my husband's like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> you know, so but she's just so much fun. <laughs> Not yet. <Aww. laughs> Hasn't happened yet. I know. Because it's always, you know, when we're running into each other at an expo or we're trying to make our schedules work, you know. We were also out, you know, having a boozy brunch in Hoboken. So it was one of those, like, uh, I think it would be frowned upon if we did it, you know, right on the Hudson River right now. <laughs> boo, boo. There's bathrooms. Mm-hmm. You can just lock the door, you know. I know. See, one thing is I am such a rule follower. <laughs> I can't help it. Even when we went to AVN last year, you know, they send you the, the list of the rules. Like, you're not supposed to be exposing your parts. I'm, I'm going, I'm walking in there, covering myself up, walking in. Meanwhile... My husband turns and looks at me. He's like, everyone is naked. Like, why are you following? I'm like, I'm a rule follower. I can't help it. It's a programming. I will follow the rules. So finally, the last day, I'm like, I'll wear lingerie the last day. And then I'm like, you know, taking my top off with paces. I said, see, look, now I can do it. I just wanted two days of, you know, making sure that I'm not going to be that person, <laughs> you know. No, but, yeah. I, I totally get it. I told, especially if your first day on the last thing you want is like oh i got kicked off the floor because you know yeah. i wore something especially coming from like exotica too all of my experiences have been with exotica and exotica does have strict rules especially in new jersey so for people who have never attended an exotica either actually almost any of the shows there's generally a, a police presence walking around enforcing the rules yeah believe me i've definitely broken a bunch of rules at exotica jersey because no, there's supposed to be no alcohol on the floor and I yeah. definitely have smuggled. That's, oh, that's the hardest. Everyone walking in is like, what? Like, VIP doesn't get alcohol? What? He's like, no, welcome to Jersey. <laughs> Our liquor licenses would put everyone out of business and they would never come. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I lasted, well, actually, every Exotica Jersey I went to, I definitely smuggled bottles into the club booth. Because oh, I was working yeah, yeah. working for someone at club, you know, at the well, the club spotlight. I don't even know. It's probably the Bad Dragon spotlight at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the major booth in the middle. Yep. Because there's couches back there. So it's like, go back there, like, pour a drink, pour a drink. Yeah, usually everyone brings, like, a stash because they're not going to heckle girls bringing their stuff in or bringing water bottles in so they can last six hours at a booth after they've just shot, you know, which is what I do. I shoot, like, five scenes, and then I show up to the floor for, like, five hours. And I'm like, why did I do that to myself? There's, like, a cream pie dripping out of me as I'm shaking fans' hands, you know? I'm like, sorry, I was really late. Oh, sorry, that's authentic. How are you? (laughs) That will be extra, sir. Yeah. Which, <laughs> this is a one-of-a-kind well, fan experience. Yeah, right. Interactive. All the senses. <laughs> like the touch tunnel in, uh, you know, Liberty Science Center, one of those, you know, the science. Like, okay, close your eyes. What do you feel now? <laughs> so back to, like, your education. What did you go to school for originally? 
Um, so I originally went to school. First, I was an athlete, and then I was recruited for two sports. I was a D1 athlete, cross-country and lacrosse. And then I realized, oh, I'm supposed to be getting a degree, not just being an athlete hooligan, drinking and fucking everything that moves. So <laughs> originally, I went to school for neuropsychology with a minor in kinesiology, and then I ended turning it into kinesiology. So I was a kinesiology major. Got my kinesiology degree, also got my certification as a phys ed, health, sex ed, and driver ed teacher. So I was a phys ed and sex ed teacher before I was in the industry. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> Are you ever worried that, like, if you decide to transition out of the industry, you won't be able to go back to that? Um, I would never want to go back to it, to be be completely honest. Um, There are a couple people that I think in the industry, including Lexi, that have been teachers before, and we pretty much all agree that we never want to go back. The unions are horrible. Being a teacher, I don't mind. You know, I love the coaching. I coached, you know, for 10 years at all levels from peewees all the way through college. I coached, and I loved that aspect. But having to deal with the teacher coworkers, they are 10 times cattier than students and 10 times more with stuff. And it just wasn't the right fit for me. And I had that awakening, especially when I had our first child. So I would never go back to that. Maybe I would train, maybe I would coach. Um, but I always joke that the way I want to die is I want to die fucking my husband. And I like die so that some poor EMT kid has to see my old lady rigor mortis naked body and has to like deal with that so then it's like he has that i know that's horrible but that's how i want to die i want to die having sex so. hey there's nothing wrong with it I, mm-hmm. we all got to go one of these days so you might as well you know, do something you're I, want, I want to die because the o was just too powerful for my poor little lady heart <laughs> <laughs> so you want to go first you you don't want to you don't want to have to deal with being a widow um I wouldn't want to deal with being a widow that like you would never want to go first because then you know that hopefully the agony or the sadness that your family would go to through if, because of that loss. But, you know, we could always go book it and just die at the same time, you know, from just that pow, <laughs> that bang. <laughs> he pops, you both pop. Yep. <sighs> there we go. Yeah. The kids get some therapy afterwards. The, yeah, the hopefully they're not around. Hopefully they're out of the house and well, you know have their own family, so they won't be the ones finding us. You know? Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> even as adult children, that'd be a little traumatic. Like, um, it's like uh, I always say, I would rather know that my parents are having a healthy sex life than sleeping in separate bedrooms. That's just me. <laughs> I, I I agree with that. And like, it's kind yeah. of a bummer to be like, oh man. My parents were miserable in the last years of their life. Fuck that. Yeah, exactly. I want to know that, like, looking at my mother, my my dad still gets Twitter painted and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, the, they're getting the whole human experience all the way through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I've often said, like, if my dick stopped working, I'm like, I'm not sure how much longer I'd be for this world. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, like, they can get depressed. Dicks and pussies can get depressed, and you can actually be put on antidepressants because of it. Huh. Yeah. So always make sure that you're, you know, telling it how nice it is. You know, you got to look down and be like, thanks so much. 
And I joke, gotta look in the mirror and be like, thanks for taking that huge dick pussy. Like, you're amazing. I love you. <laughs> they gotta pump her up or pump him up, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, life Let wouldn't be the same without you. Exactly. Like, thank you for just like taking my hand again. I love it. <laughs> yeah. For the rain or shine, you're here for me, buddy. Well, I love you. <laughs> You, you're the one that got me through COVID. <laughs> I think most of responsible America is saying that at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> COVID life been difficult. You know, being in the house with your husband, your kids, like just. It's definitely been tough. My husband works from home. I'm homeschooling our kids too because they're young. They're three and four, so I'm not having them in a preschool, you know, wearing masks and everything all day. That just isn't, you know, what they need um, socially or emotionally or anything. So it's hard that they know that he's in the house and they think that he's home, but it's, yes, he's physically home, but he's working. So, you know, leave him alone in his office. Um, and, you know, there obviously are times where there's cabin fever when it's 25 degrees out and windy, it's all hell. I'm not going to take the kids out because it's freezing, but We've all got cabin fever. So it's definitely been tough. And, you know, scheduling, everything is off. I don't have, not dropping them off at school because our schools aren't in session. You know, babysitters also now are pretty much gone because all parents are in the same boat. So it's it's definitely very, very hard to find. I don't have alone time ever, except if I go to a shoot. And a lot of times I'm home all day as mommy, as wife, getting everything done. And then I'll go shoot at night. And then when I come home, got like two, three hours to sleep and then it started all over again. Or I'll travel for a couple days. If I go to LA or Vegas, you know, I travel for just say three to five days, fly there. I take the red eye home. I arrive at 6 a.m. here. I walk in the door just before the kids wake up. I shower and now I'm mommy again. So it's definitely, it's definitely hard. And I think it was probably harder in the beginning because we didn't know what was going to happen and the lockdown started right before my birthday. My birthday's 420. So it was even more like, Oof. oh, I can't even celebrate my birthday. You know, this is, you know, hard. So it's gotten, I don't want to say it's gotten better, but it's gotten easier, you know. As, I you, totally get that. As you become acclimated to it, it's like, we as humans are so adaptable. Yeah. It's. It's it's crazy. How about you? How have you? How has everything been with you? You know, it's bad. Oh, it's I'm living life in my comfy cell. Is how yeah. I look at it. Because <laughs> yeah, LA has been wildly irresponsible about COVID, and it's yeah. just like I try not to. Leave. I I want to leave. I want to go do stuff, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna try to be as responsible as possible about this shit. And yeah, we we literally just loosened restrictions today here in LA, and I'm like. We still have, though our numbers have dropped, our daily count has dropped dramatically. We are still like 15,000 daily cases above like the next closest state. Yeah, well, that's New Jersey too. New York, New Jersey, and California have all had lockdowns, and but our numbers have all been high. So it's at the same time, it's like, okay, well then, you know, can we get fresh air and sunshine and maybe that will help health and emotionally too, because then when you're stuck inside, you get depressed and sad so i mean I, I really don't think that a human can control this or figure out how to you know cure it or anything like that 
Um, and, you know, I don't envy any person that has to make legislature about, <laughs> about this, too. I mean, the industry has been super, super safe with everything. The fact that you, you know, you have to be 24 to 48 hour COVID tested. I don't think it gets more strict or anything than that. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to get this test, you know, give me an alternative. And at the end of the day, I don't care if I have to test and every single day for COVID to shoot, to make a producer or a co-star feel comfortable, you know, 100%. Um, no one's, no one should be bitching about having to get the test, especially since a lot of productions are covering the cost. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, I can understand like, okay, you're spending 35 to $75 a day to get yeah. it done to work. And especially if you're, you know, lower paid talent where it's like, oh, hey, that's a good chunk of my rates. But if the production's covering it, there is no reason that you shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, but at it. the end of the day, you have to invest in your brand. You're going to be investing in your brand no matter what industry you're in, you could be in porn, you could be in PR, you can be in anything. You have to invest in your own brand. You have to get your own equipment. You have to be shooting. You're paying for the tests. When you're not in a hub, tests for me have been $350. Every time you get tested because I have to pay shipping costs. I have to pay draw fees. Now with COVID on top of it, you know, but I'm investing in my brand. It sucks, but everyone has to pay their dues, you know, and it's, it's like anything, I you know, camera equipment, you know, editing, computers, webcams, whatever it may be. But, you know, you got to invest in your brand because if you're not going to invest in it, then why is a producer or anyone going to invest in you? So I agree. But you also have to have that balancing act of like, you can't put yourself in the poorhouse to invest in your brand. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, also, it's, you know, this is the, this is my PSA for the day. It's also really important to keep you know, track of all of your expenses too. It doesn't matter if it's cash going in or out. It doesn't matter if it's a check going in or out. It's really important that you keep a spreadsheet because the tax man is going to come after you. Everyone thinks it's not going to happen. And now becoming incorporated, LLC and all that stuff, they want to keep hold you accountable. So when tax season comes around, if you have all of your expenses, like, oh, I spent X amount on my flights, X amount on my tests, I made this much, and you have it all there, well, then it's going to be a lot better for you to see how much you spent on things like testing or something as silly as paying for professional hair and makeup that didn't get covered, you know, for shoots or if you did a marketing thing, you know, putting that all together, A, you can see how much comes in and out and B, you can be a responsible adult for for taxes and not have to worry about getting hit with something from the IRS or penalties or whatever, you know. 100%. My first CPA was like, the first thing you should do is set up, even if you can't like go, well, important today, you definitely should be incorporated or an LLC just because of, you know, how California is fucking us. California, yeah. But even if you're not doing that, at bare minimum, you should have a separate credit card for payments for stuff like that. So it's easy to track. So it's not commingled with your personal spending. Yeah, that's very true. And in an ideal world, yeah, you have a business account and you just, Everything goes through the business account. So it's super easy. Just like, oh, I just go down my monthly statement. Like, those were all expenses. This is what came in. Easy peasy. Yeah, that's very true. And it's also, you know, me being married to someone that works in tax. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got that like, okay, you know, I just put everything together so that he can do our taxes for the year. I'm like, okay, I did all my math, you know. I Meanwhile, 
me and Matt were not best friends. So I'm like double checking and going backwards and forwards with all of my numbers, you know, from all the sites and then from all of the the shoots, how many times I'm like, okay, I think this is all my math. Like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Just give it to your husband, like, please double check the numbers, please. Yeah. I was very good this year. I'm usually pretty good. Like I always get all of our tax forms together and give it to him. But a lot of times you don't get tax forms from people that you've shot with. So I always keep everything on even my calendar. If I have a shoot, I write in the notes how much they gave me and if it was cash or check or via an app or a transfer or whatever it may be. So that at the end of the year, all I have to do is just go through my calendar and see you know, how all that came in to make it easy. So I'm just writing it down, writing the date next to it and be like, all right, here's all my stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's the way to be. And that's honestly one of the problems with the industry altogether is like, people aren't coached on that when they come in. Yeah. Like if you're a well, new people person- aren't coached on that in general. I mean, I don't think people, whether you went to school or not, whether you went to high school, whether you went to college, it's really not taught how to balance your books and the understanding taxes and even investments and stocks. And, you know, you're, you're really not taught that. Oh. I think the last time I was taught anything like that was eighth grade and statistics. We did a little bit of it and that in college and there really wasn't anything, you know, besides being like, hello, now you're an adult. Here's your, you know, checkbook that's like dating myself here's your checkbook here's your bank account you know and hey i still carry a checkbook around with me okay (laughs) there's nothing wrong with it nothing wrong with it shit they still print checks give you checkbooks for a reason they're still useful yeah i still pay bills with that that's the way i pay my bills (laughs) i'm i am thankful everything's available online because i used to dread having to write the checks for everything and mailing them like writing the checks that was fine it was the oh i gotta stuff this in an envelope yeah well now like my whole thing is with the e-payments if they if you change cards if your card expires and you forget one account to update then they're like oh well why didn't that it was like oh shoot i forgot that one you know account or that one password that i didn't put in to update it or whatever it may be something like this way i get it in the mail i write a check and i send it right back out and there i've done my job you know oh yeah i've had that i've had that pain with reoccurring payments it's like of course i don't remember the fucking password i logged in once to set up reoccurring payments i never came back yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and then they also you have to have like five symbols three numbers like like i don't know i usually just Close my eyes. I'm like, that works. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, like a little drop of blood to verify it's me. You know, exactly. Some yeah. alters of the bank gods. Like, please let me back into my account. Please. Like, come on, come on. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so secure. I can't even get into it. What the fuck? Exactly. What's your code word? What's your whatever it is? And I'm like, what's your verbal? I don't know what my verbal code is anymore. Like, <laughs> I logged in one time five years ago before my card expired. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and it's even worse now with like two fucking two factor because you're like, oh hey, I changed phone numbers. Shit. Yeah. Like, we or like the security question is like, what's your favorite food? And it's like, well, if I was really hungry at the time versus now I'm full, I don't remember what food I said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, crap uh, it's just 
Yeah. Like, what's your favorite, what was your favorite sport? I don't know. Was it like, was my team going to the Super Bowl? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of sports, as an athlete, what are your teams? Like, are you a big sports person to watch sports or? So everyone hates me when I say my, uh, my team picks. But to preface it, so in high school, you can already hear me laugh about this one. Right. In high school, I was cross country. I was on the men's wrestling team and I played lacrosse. So, and as a kid growing up, I grew up with Formula One racing. We would travel all over to see Indy, Champ Car, Formula One. So there wasn't time for football or your stereotypical sports on the weekends. It was always Formula One. It was always racing, MotoGP, the whole nine. So once I got into like junior high and high school, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick, you know, an NFL team. So... Uh, me being a type A person, I'm researching teams, you know, instead of just making the obvious pick of like Giants or Jets being from Jersey, I research and I find out that Bill Belichick is an all-American lacrosse player. <laughs> and I myself am a lacrosse player. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm a Patriots fan. And I also liked that you didn't hear that there was a lot of bullshit going on, you know, behind the scenes. You didn't have anyone knocking anyone out. And then besides Aaron Hernandez, you know, um, you didn't, but you also didn't hear anything with like coaches talking shit, like a Rex Ryan, you know, I just didn't want to deal with that. Um, my brother, the way he picked his team is Models had a Lions jersey on sale that was normally $200 for $15. And he's like, I'm a Lions fan. That's how he, <laughs> that's how he picked. Oh, that's, a, that's um, just a bad choice all yeah. around. But with everything going on with the fact that Brady and Gronk, both left the Patriots and went to Tampa Bay. That obviously shows that there was some back office bullshit going on. And I have zero tolerance for that as a, per, as a, as a athlete, as a human being, you know, as a spectator or whatever it may be, I I'm not for that. So I've kind of become a game by game girl. I'll always root for Brady and for Gronk. Um, I'm more of a college football girl. I am a University of South Carolina Gamecocks fan. I actually honeymooned at the Gamecocks-Clemson game uh, <laughs> 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah, there my husband and I are snuck into the student section. Everyone's hammered and I'm pregnant. You know, so I'm like, hey, we're down south. So whatever, it happens. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm a diehard New Jersey Devils fan for hockey. Yeah, my ho- my husband and I would always go to games all the time. So it's really hard to not go to games and being a lacrosse player. I don't really, I don't do baseball. I'm sorry for all you baseball fans. I'll totally play games with you. Every time I go to a baseball game, it could be little league. It could be a Yankees game. I get hit with a ball. I kid you not. You want to catch a ball to game? Bring me. I got hit with Johnny Damon's line drive again when he was playing for the Yankees against the Phillies. Pop right in the shoulder. I'll go to a little league game. I'll get like I'll run away. I'll see it coming. I'll be running all over this the place. It'll pop me like in the head. I I kid you not. No matter where I go, I will get hit with a baseball. You should be bringing Uh, a mitt with you to every game you go to. Then I do. I always like I'm bringing a mitt. I'm like just don't come near me. You know. Um, But I, you know, also growing up with you know, Formula One and MotoGP, I, I have a need for speed too. So that's definitely, you know, in my blood. So I, I love sports in general. Um, so it's right now, like I said, with NFL, it's a game by game with everything going on. And 
I really loved the playoffs. Watching Brady play Breeze and then Rodgers and Brady. I was like, those three games right there are like Super Bowl worthy. You know, there's you really don't like, I'm sorry, guys, but those were some OG quarterbacks all playing together that we've all wanted to see, you know, in that situation, I think. Hell. You know, so it was so it was really I really liked these these playoffs. And it'll be an interesting Super Bowl for sure, because it's the first time that quarterbacks from the last two Super Bowls that have won are playing each other ever in history. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. So they won, you know, consecutively, you know, in the Super Bowl in the last two years. So it's the first time that that that's going to happen in history. So it'll be really cool. um, That's absolutely wild. I had no idea that I am not a huge NFL person. So, yeah, like I had no idea that that was going down. And you'd think statistically over like, the amount of times they've got the goddamn Super Bowl, that would have happened at least once before. Yeah. Well, think of how many teams go from, like, the highest of high to the lowest of lows, right? True. You won that Super Bowl, and now you're no longer the underdog. Now you're the one with the target on their back, you know, and everyone's trying to take, you know, dethrone you, <laughs> you know? It's true. So. It's true. I mean, the the Patriots still have pulled it off a bunch of times in, you know, recent years. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have. I mean... It's funny, the Patriots as an organization in the past years, they have great players individually. You know, we always get flack for our defense, but I'm going to give love to the McCourty twins because they are they went to Rutgers. But, you know, they are great defensive players. And their defense, like I said, individually, they're all great, but there are just times they weren't working together. And when I watched Brady and Gronk with Tampa Bay, you know, my one girlfriend was making fun of me, who's a fellow Patriots fan. She's like, oh, what, you're not a Patriots fan anymore? You're a Tampa Bay fan? And I said, honestly, I've never seen Brady hug Belichick or get pumped around the coaching staff that he does at Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, yes, they've got Gronk. They've got Brady. They've got Antonio Brown. They've got some big names. You know, um, they've got JPP. Like, there's some big names there. But you can get a lot of divas in one place and it won't work. They look like they've got a well-oiled machine going on right there. And so I was like, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate the you know, camaraderie of teammates and then the coaching staff with, you know, the players and everything. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about like, oh, maybe it wasn't just Belichick that was making this, you know, a winning formula that Brady's still pulling it off. I think it's funny because I've said to some people too that Giselle, you know, is worth twice as much as he is. And I think the last Super Bowl or two Super Bowls ago that he won. She made a comment like, oh, I'll be ready for him to retire whenever he wants to. And now he's like uprooted and gone to Tampa Bay. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, surprise. <laughs> Sorry, babe. I'm, I got to get yeah. one more game in. Just one more yeah, game. I'll exactly. Be- yeah. Well, he's, you know, like a Breeze or a Rogers or a Brett Favre. He's, you know, he's in it for his life, you know, being 43 or not, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if you've experienced those kind of athletic highs, they've got to be hard to get away from. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, sports-wise, I'm a big MMA person. Oh, yeah. And Love me some UFC. Hell, yeah. Well, I was about to ask you about that, being a former wrestler yourself, if you were into MMA. I always root for the wrestler. Like, if there's a matchup, I, first thing I look for is that cauliflower ear. I'm like, all right, there's cauliflower. You're my guy. Like, here we go. <laughs> you know? Um, but that sport especially, like, you see guys who are, like, well past their prime still trying to compete because they're just addicted to 
Competing. Got a Randy Couture, yeah, the natural, right? Just pounding oh, it out. Yeah. Holy shit! I mean, Randy was winning and very competitive deep into his forties, which most people yeah. are like, "Oh, that's way past your prime." I'm like, dude, still pull off heavyweight championship at like forty three. Yeah, <laughs> which is amazing because it's not. I mean, that's you're killing your body over and over. Over again, so even the normal aches and pains as you get older are now magnified times twenty. You know, so it's yeah, it's amazing. Like I'm not forty three yet, and you know if I sleep funny, I wake up in pain. No (laughs) one has tried to fucking slam me to a mat in a very long time. Yeah, (laughs) where yeah, those guys at camp are like, oh yeah, I'm doing two days in the gym and sparring, and like oh yeah, it's just like it's fucking impressive. Yeah, no, it really is. Did you happen to catch the McGregor Poirier fight over the weekend? So I didn't because it's like also AVN awards and I was nominated this year, especially being pretty much like my first full time year in the industry. I was like super excited and everything. So we were watching it and then like ESPN went down for a little while. So we were kind of trying to watch it on our phones. But I mean, I was not expecting that at all. I'm a McGregor fan personally. And like that was a shocker. Yeah. First time he has been stopped by strikes in his career. Yeah, so that was just uh, I, I I'm speechless now. Still, <laughs> you know, it had the speechlessness hasn't worn off. <laughs> you know, it really was just one of those like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. Well, yeah, especially after like how dominantly he beat Dustin the first time around. Yeah, well, like I said, he's got a target on his back because he was the winner. Like in any sport, you've got that. You're trying to prove yourself. Like, Hey, that was, you know, well, and on top of it, I know COVID has made his training camps difficult. Yeah. And even if he's hungry, he's so fucking rich now. Like he doesn't have the hunger of the guy who was on welfare training. to yeah. make it in the Oh my sport. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just no way you could be that hungry again. Yeah. It's like, uh, I love the movie warrior. I don't know if you oh, see I've, that. It's like that. Like, I love that movie, but it's like the same thing, right? Like you see everyone that was going into that, you know, the Spartan, you know, style. Everyone had a different story. Some had like so much money and they were coming into it like, you know, with ice around the neck. And some of them had like ripped t-shirts and were just fighting because they're pissed off, you know? <laughs> like it's, it really is one of those sports that, you know, you don't need that million dollar you know, backing, you well, know, your fists do the talking. <laughs> well, yeah, and hell, I honestly feel that it can definitely be a detriment to be really wealthy. Because, like, what's your real motivation to get potentially injured for life if you yeah. are already going to be comfortable? Like, McGregor's got enough money at this point that his kids will be set. Yeah. Yeah. What, unless you, you know, really, really love the game, there's no reason to get back in that cage. And as I said earlier, he's never going to be as hungry as he was. I mean, as a as a newbie, even like the newbie to veteran, hunger is is different too, you know, and evolves. It's just the the taste of fame when like you know, hey, we're putting you on box covers and stuff like that. Like, it, it's got to change your mentality. Oh yeah, and everyone how- has an ego, no matter how much of a Mother Teresa you are. Everyone has ego. One hundred percent, and. Honestly, I mean, someone like McGregor at this point has so much more to lose in the ego department Yeah, for taking a loss. And that's got to affect you psychologically as well. Just be like, 
oh shit, if I go out there and lose, I mean, the amount of memes that are about of just him, yeah, like, oh my gosh, already. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. I, uh, no, I was saying all that his sports psychologists are earning double right now with, yeah. with everything, you know. 100%. Like, his sports psychologist saw that knockout. I was like, oh, I'm about to make bank. Yeah. I mean, in COVID in general, all these sports psychologists are making so much money because the fans aren't there. So they don't have someone cheering them on. So they need their sports psychologist to cheer them on even more so. And then, you know, with everything. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see how some fighters handle it. Because some fighters are like, it was actually easier without the fans because I don't have that distraction. It just felt like a yeah. sparring session to me. And then there's other guys yeah. who are like, oh, no, I live for that fucking crowd. Yeah. And they're not there. And it's weird. It's weird being able to hear the commentary team saying I'm making mistakes. Because, like, especially in the smaller <laughs> office, like, when the commentary team is like, oh, he's fucking up here. They're like, I can hear you. It's like, I, hello. I, <laughs> I can, like, this is hey, not asshole. helping. Yeah. yeah. It's not helping. Yeah. <laughs> so, with the, the first, I didn't attend, obviously didn't attend the virtual ABM this year. How was the virtual ABM? Like, this is the first year they're doing this shit, so. Yeah, so it's exactly that, you know. It's like how we talked about the first year of Exotica, right? It's that test year of the first time going live. So there were some times that audio, you know, wasn't working. There was time that video or audio was playing when it shouldn't have, or there was a lag. I think at one point, um, like, they... I don't know if their live feed went down or something, but they crashed for a second and then they came back on. But it's all first year things that you have to have to figure out. And I think we as viewers are so easy to judge and be like, oh, they should have done this. Like, oh, come on. Like, they should have done that. And we're, you know, easily judging how a stream of a, you know, a live award show is going when we're comfortable on our couches, <laughs> you know, with a drink in hand versus the ones that are, stressed out of their minds making sure that the live feed doesn't get messed up um but i think it was probably definitely a learning experience for them um this year you know realizing things could have been live or what things could have been pre-recorded um they made the comment that i guess the comedian for this year backed out last minute Who was supposed i don't to know if I don't show. know. I, I didn't catch it because you were like joining and making sure that the live, you know, making sure that it was working and we were connecting our computer to the TV. Um, I don't know if that was just part of a bit and a joke that they were saying to be like, oh, the comedian's gone. So now the porn stars are going to be the jokes too. Or if someone legitimately didn't come because of COVID or whatever it may be. Um, so I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm trying to, I was trying to Google it real quick, see if someone actually backed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm trying to... Backtrack. Yeah, well, no, just be curious. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not seeing anything that's quickly coming up. Yeah, I'm... yeah, so I don't know. Well, and I, don't know if just, I don't know if it was just part of their bit or, you know, whatever it may have been. Well, and it's very well, they may not have had the budget to hire a comedian this year because they don't have the expo to help pay for the awards. Yeah, show. exactly. It's very, very true, so... Yeah, it's it's interesting to see it from a different light. Oh, yeah. And for those of you who are watching, you know, in the audience here, the actual award show, they do a dress rehearsal the night before. Like it's a whole like to yeah. do. It's practiced. Yeah. There's just some things with live streaming that like no matter how many dress rehearsals you run, 
can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And there were, there were a bunch, but, um, it was definitely different. I, I, I missed it. I, like I said, I've only been to one because it's really only my first full-time year in the industry. Um, and this being a year that I was nominated was even more like bittersweet that I like couldn't be there and, you know, part of that. So, but it, yeah, hopefully next year we make up for it. <laughs> so did you at least dress up for it or did you just, you know, wear something comfortable? I dropped the ball and I didn't. I should have gotten dressed up and taken pictures. But like I said, I've got two kids. So even taking pictures, you know, when getting dressed up, it's hard because I've got two kids. And they see me, you know, I can't get naked in front of my two kids. I'm not, you know, one, I can't even edit in front of my kids. There was one time I was posting a picture of mine to my OnlyFans feed and my son happened to be sneaky, come around the corner. Oh, no. And it's just me. It's me in lingerie. He's three years old, you know. So, like, my my ass is out a little bit because it's like a thong, like a cheeky bottom kind of thing. He goes, oh, my God, Mom, it's your booty. And just starts dying laughing. And I'm <laughs> like, yep, that's Mommy's booty. And he's like, Mommy, it's so cute. And I'm like, thanks, dude. I'm glad you think. Yeah, like, <laughs> so it's even something like that, like, if... I've tried to take pictures, you know, with a backdrop or quickly snap a selfie if I have my makeup done and the kids are in the other room. And they're all like, they're healing me taking a selfie. You'll see like a little head in the background. They're like, mommy, I want to take a selfie with you. And I'm like, okay, let's all take selfies now, you know? So it's it's definitely a lot, you know, different. I wore my Avian Stars sweatshirt, if that counts. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, but yeah, I know a lot of people... Um, I was going back and forth with uh, Lexi Luna and Macy Cartel and Johnny Cartel um, do, during it. Um, and uh, Matt Ryder, who's part of adult management. Um, you know, we're all just going back and forth of, you know, oh, what are you wearing? Are you dressed up? And half of us were dressed up and half of us were in sweats, just sending pictures back and forth, you know. So it was definitely, it was cute to see a lot of people post that they were dressed up. And I'm like, oh, how nice is the life without kids? <laughs> <laughs> You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine, especially in COVID, where you, you know, you're all together. Like it's, as you said, you just don't have a moment to be like, oh, oh I gotta, yeah, yeah. That's, that's gotta be, yeah, it's definitely hard. Especially, <laughs> yeah, especially going live or you know, recording stuff at home. You real, I really have to schedule it out to a T to make sure, like, okay, mommy's not gonna be home when she's playing with the toys, squirting all over, moaning. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't want to expose them to that at all. No, no. I mean, my daughter's found the Hitachi wand, and it's a cordless black one, so you can't. It's not very obvious. So all my toys are obviously clean. They're not like laying around right. dirty and used. And she picks it up and she's like, "Mommy, it's my microphone." And I'm like, "Yep." You sing your heart out. Meanwhile, she's singing like "Let It Go" from Frozen. I was like, "Yeah, you sing, sing Let It Go." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Or there's a random dildo that, like, you know, when we're trying to move stuff around or trying to use small spaces for storage, you know. And there's like a dildo that I thought I'd put away, and my son's like, "Mommy, what's that?" But luckily, it's not like an obvious one. It's like a double-ended, so it looks like it could be like a snake. And I'm like, "Oh, that's Daddy's special snake toy," and he's like. And I'm like, so I'm blaming my husband. Yeah, that's daddy's. <laughs> oh my god! So, I, I hope that later in life, your son doesn't realize what that is and be like, "What did daddy have a double-ended dildo for?" <laughs> daddy was daddy was testing out something. Do you ever think like how 
you're eventually going to break it to your kids, like the, what you're doing for a living or. Yeah. So obviously I think being a sex ed teacher too, has kind of helped the idea of sex positivity um, with my kids, not in the whole idea of sex is great. Go have lots of sex. Um, this wasn't the first time I ever had sex. You know, it was, I sat down and I put boundaries down. I still have limits. I have yeses. I have nos. It's consent. Mommy and daddy sat down together. Daddy said yes. Mommy said yes. Um, so the whole idea of sex positivity and teaching them that it's really important for them to explore their bodies, A, as individuals, to know what they like, B, to understand what a healthy relationship is, and C, consent. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Obviously, it's going to be very hard to cross that bridge when we do cross that bridge. But I would rather come at it in a positive way and, you know, a teaching moment of, you know, your body is your own and you make the rules for your body. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, many people have handled it well. But if porn had been my first taste of sex or a relationship, it would have definitely been a lot different than, you know, 30 married with two kids um you know so so just bringing that if i already had a baseline of what i wanted or or didn't want you know well, in and, my life and the nice thing is you are in a position where you can eventually teach them that like hey here's a working example that like sex and love are two separate things mommy and totally daddy still love each other even if they're yeah. still sleeping consensually with other people and everyone knows mm -hmm. about it because too many people get that shit conflated and are just like, oh, well, I can't separate the two or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Many people ask me like, oh, you've never like emotionally been attached to someone, you know, or had feelings. And I was like, no, I haven't because I, I'm being a professional. Yes, there are times when the chemistry can be really great and the energy can be really great. But it's just that it's chemistry and it's energy on set. You might have great sex off camera, too, but Everyone laughs when I tell them that my husband and I are pretty much monogamous outside of porn, which sounds very weird when I have to try to explain it. But if we ever do like play or do anything, the person is in the industry, they're tested. Like we're not, everyone thinks automatically if you're in a relationship or doing porn, you must be, have a completely open relationship and be a complete swinger and everything. And that's not true. Yeah. Um, you know, we always joke that if, we do things with other people. They're with us uh, um, or we've told each other about it or whatever, because we're really happy with our sex lives. We're not looking for other things. People are, we bring people in to add to us to be like, an, I hate to call someone an accessory, but I mean it in um, a relationship wise, an accessory to our love or our, our foundation. Um, whatever it may be. No, 100%. And that's how it should be. Like more people need to realize that like, the lying and like violation of trust is the problem when people cheat, not the actual physical act of sex. Yeah. Like your partner, so. you know, probably had other partners before you. Like that's not a big oh, deal, yeah. right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but really fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. It's mine. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm from Jersey. <laughs> we know how to flip a table or two. <laughs> uh, believe me, I, I, I was involved with a you know, Italian girl from Jersey for 
a while. And yeah, I know. I'm married to an Italian, but I'm a hot-blooded German-Hungarian. So we've got a lot of <laughs> hot-blooded, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it is very true that like having a relationship and you know, I joke with him, I don't. I don't do anal. Like that's one thing that I don't do. I wish I could be that greedy slut that gives everything, but that's one thing that I've drawn a line on. And I joke with him like, Hey, I'll find someone in the industry or someone that's tested for you to do anal because I can't give that to you, but it's not anything that he's going to be like, Oh, I need anal. And like, you're imperfect without giving me that, you know? Um, so I always joke with him that I'm like, oh, so-and-so does anal a lot. Like, why don't you go get tested and go to anal with them? But it doesn't have anything to do with a lacking in our, our relationship or something that's missing or, you know, a desire to go outside because I'm like, oh, I, I really want this or I really want that. And there are times when my husband, you know, can't, he doesn't travel with me um, because we have our kids and it gets expensive, two people for all of that versus one. And he'll joke with me and he'll be like, oh, did you, know, did you and your co-star you know, or whatever, fuck off, you know, camera. And I was like, I'm not that person that I'm like, I need to do that. But one time he egged me on. He's like, oh, you know, you know, did you fuck someone? Like, cause he just, he was the one that got me into this and he loves that I'm a greedy slut. And he's like, oh, were you a super, he always texts me when he knows I have a shoot. We were really good greedy slut. How many loads did you get? So it's this whole like cheerleader thing. So, you know, there's been a couple of times where he's like, oh, you know, I want you to be a real greedy slut. Like how greedy of a slut can you be? And he'll egg me on, but it'll be with a co-star or it'll be with someone that's tested and he knows about it. And it's not anything like, Oh, by the way, I slept with 10 people, you know, surprise. It's something that we've talked about. Or if he's really in the mood to like hear about all the greedy things that I've done, you know, there's 99.99999% of the time there's video evidence of anything that I've done. Um, so yeah, it's, not it's like, like you're... a very different it's not like you're fucking the Uber driver on the way back from set. Yeah, no. Sorry, not tested. You're not getting it. Right. <laughs> Speaking of your husband, one. has your husband thought about shooting with other people, you know, being pursuing being male talent a little bit more? Or? Um, so a little so we've talked about this a lot. Um, he's always wanted to get into porn. The biggest thing is that his job gives us health insurance and the stability that we need, especially right now. He's shot with me. He's been in lots of my, he's my stunt cock. Right. He knows it, <laughs> you know, the perks of being a porn hub. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Da -da -da. Um, he, he, we will be shooting <clears throat> cough, cough, hint, hint. And in the future with other people, we like to do mostly couple stuff. If there's someone in the industry, that's a couple like the wife swap or girlfriend swap, or just that kind of like orgy, feeling or like a double blow job um kind of a thing but yeah he definitely wants to get more into it he and i are both switch um for anyone that follows myself or and or my husband on social media he this year on national coming out day actually came out as being bi and you know 33 years old to come out that's pretty not that it was a anything that our close friends or whatever didn't know but coming from a small town you know, and growing up your whole life with everyone telling you, like, guys, like, if you say you're bi or you're gay or you like to do this, so you're not this macho man, there's something wrong with you. Um, so he came out this year as as being bisexual and it's kind of, you know, ramped up his sexuality in a good way because he's so much more comfortable with being like, hey, like, I, you know, I love prostate stuff. I love doing this. I love being, I love subbing, you know, I'll dom him, you know, we'll switch. 
Um, and nine times out of 10, we'll sync up too. Like I'm in a down mood and he's in a sub mood. Perfect. <laughs> you know? Um, so there's just lots of possibilities for him too in that um, with doing solo stuff as a sub or a dom as a switch, you know, bisexual, whatever it may be. Um, but he definitely wants to, you know, it's currently tax season. So after tax season, he'll have a little more time, but working from home, he can even, you know, suction cup his phone to the shower. You know, he's taking a shower right now. You touching your butt? You jerking it? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. He said no. (laughs) I know. But, you know, like little things like that, that he wants to build up. And um, sometimes it's hard if our brands don't line up you know, I'm that horny housewife, greedy slut, MILF, and maybe he wants to do a femdom thing. So finding a way that both of our brands can come together. Um, I never hide that I'm a Jersey girl with an attitude. So femdom does naturally come into my life, you know? Um, so yeah, he <laughs> he definitely does want to explore that a little bit more. We'll be shooting with um, a couple uh, this February and doing some content for for all of us with that and having lots of fun, but you know, any opportunity that we have, especially when we travel to Vegas or LA, we always, you know, are always both tested and, and try to get content done. Do you guys have any interest in doing like a boy, boy, girl buy scene where, you know, the two boys go at it too? Oh, totally. I've done, um, buy stuff behind closed doors with my husband. Um, especially because it's, it was that experimentation phase and for us to have genuine interactions without having to worry about a camera there um we're definitely both up to it for we've had um times where we were supposed to shoot and then you know things falling through or schedules not syncing up but it's def i would definitely do that um with him um whether it be you know that the guys are going at it they're doming me i'm doming them i really like i said we are both naturally switches so you know, any scenario of, uh, you know, boy, boy, girl would work for us. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Th- that's absolutely awesome. Cause what you're talking about with that's difficult to come out at 33. I have a friend of mine who's currently in a marriage and his wife is not uh-huh. as open and he is dealing with the fact that, you know, he is bisexual and he just yeah. doesn't know what to do about it. Cause his wife is not cool with that. Yeah. It's really hard to, because, like we said before, with relationships and feeling like you have to go outside their relationship because something's lacking versus it's just an addition. Um, I feel like a lot of, regardless, yes, I'm open. We still have boundaries within that. You know, he only goes so sub. I only go so, you know, like there's, you know, I only go so sub. We have boundaries within that that fit for us. And I think a lot of people don't understand the idea of boundaries being hard nose versus ways to make two people feel comfortable. You know, everyone thinks boundaries are, I will not do butt stuff. And that's it. That's all a boundary is. No, boundaries could be, hey, babe, I really like when you wear something silly. I really like when you wear that underwear, but like, I'm not a fan of the ones that have like bows on them. Something stupid as that could be something that someone is comfortable or not comfortable with. <laughs> you know, I know it's a really silly example, but it is, you know, it's, it's something that seems so small and something that wouldn't make a difference, but it could, 100%. you know, and understanding that someone is bi versus like gay or lesbian, you know, they just, I personally believe that all people are bi, whether they want to admit it or not, because you can appreciate a beautiful person. And when I say beautiful person, I mean, to you, right? 
you know, my friends and I don't have the same taste in men or women, you know? So it's really beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And why does it matter if it's a man or a woman? You know, if you're attracted to them, why can't you appreciate your attraction to them? Um, I think it's also hard to, if you don't also preface it. When I, when I first, you know, found out that my husband was into that stuff, Yes, it was very different, but I was into a lot of different stuff too. You know, I'm not going to tell that I, I wasn't able to really tell with any, you know, ex-boyfriend that I went to experiment with fisting, you know, you're not going to just come out and say something like that. So I think it's really important that you preface things and you set a tone before labeling it, you know, because jumping into something and be like, I'm bi, now someone already has a definition in their head. And I hate, personally, I hate using labels. The only labels that I personally will use on myself is greedy slut. <laughs> uh, and then I like switch because that is just such a broad term. I hate using bisexual pan, you know, um, whatever it may be, because everyone has their own definition in their head versus the definition I have in my head. Um, and I know it's really hard, especially being in a marriage in a relationship where there's already a tone that's been set. Um, when you're sharing a life together, when someone is saying, not that they've changed, but that they're being more open about it, you know, someone can start to question, well, was I giving you not enough? Is our relationship phony? Am I your beard? Like, you know, there's yeah. all these things that can go through your mind and it's, it's understandable, but, you know, hopefully your, your friends, they can sit down and that they can, you know, work through it whether it's just them together or it's with a therapist or yeah, you know, exper- also experimenting on your own. Just because someone is, is bi doesn't mean that you have to actively be fucking someone else. You know, for a guy, you can use a toy, bring a toy into the situation and let her see how comfortable he is or she using it on him. Or if, a you know, I love, I love beautiful women, you know, um, like I said, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So beauty to me might not be the same to you. But I I pers- I love, love, love women. Um and it could just be something as simple as I'm watching a movie and I verbalize that. So my husband's like, oh my gosh, she is so like hot. Like, oh, this person, the things I would do to her. Or I'll even be on Twitter and I'll send my husband things of, you know, beautiful men and women. I'll be like, oh God, the things I want to do to that person. So I feel like just having, you know, that openness and understanding that. You don't have to actively be doing something sexual to be bisexual or, you know, gay or, or lesbian, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I hope that they work it out. I've just, it literally was a conversation I had within my three o'clock in the morning last night. It was like, oh. uh, it was really oh, fresh in my head. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I, of course. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. It's, it's always hard. <laughs> I got a 90 pound dog over here. That's like sleeping on my foot (laughs) (laughs) and decided to shift. Um, Yeah. And it's hard when you're, especially later in life and your whole identity has been, you know, of being a cis heterosexual male. Yeah. And he just was like, yeah, there's only a handful of people who know. I don't like, you know, I don't know how to tell my father. And I'm just like, dude, you're in the middle, you're midlife and married. Uh, Your father's opinion really doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, in, in in all honesty, at what point would his father be involved in that? Right. You know, if he's going to be married and he's just going to see his dad, you know, with his with his wife, then there's, you know, unless he wants his dad to watch, which is a whole other thing, Ooh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, 
at, at what point would he have to be involved in in his bisexuality? Yeah. You know, I think that's really more that he has to talk with his wife and no one else. Obviously, friends too, like to be open with friends. But I don't think family members really need to know anything about your sexuality. Nope. I mean, I'm very, you know, I'm very close with my parents and everything like that. There have been times where, you know, my mom may have said something about sex or whatever that I blushed about, or I've said something about sex to her and I, I've still blushed, you know, but so there's a difference between having an openness and going to a parent versus like telling them something like that. If it's not going to directly affect them and then their lifestyle with you. Yeah. Well, you know? my personal opinion is like when it comes to almost anything with, you know, your family, hell your friends, if it doesn't negatively affect them, their opinion doesn't fucking matter who you live in your life for you or them. Yeah. Like, yeah, if I was going to make a decision that negatively affected someone, yeah, then it matters to them. But it, if it's just their fucking judgment, fuck them. It doesn't. Yeah. It's my life. Yep. Very, very true. I mean, it's just but... my opinion on almost everything. <laughs> it's true. Let me live my life. <laughs> yeah, like, believe me, my family was not thrilled that I upped and moved to California. My family was not particularly thrilled that like I got involved in adult entertainment. Like, and I went, you know what? Um, you guys aren't paying my bills. Uh, you have no yeah, intention exactly. of paying my bills. This doesn't negatively affect you, so I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live my life. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, and I wish more people would embrace that. I'm not saying I have all the fucking answers here, but I feel like, you know, I have people back in Chicago who are like, oh, I would love to move to LA. Oh, I'd love to move away from Chicago. My family's here. I'm like, they're not yeah. going away. You can always go back and visit. If you feel yeah. that you're going to get a better quality of life somewhere else, you should be fucking chasing it. Exactly. Definitely need to get a New Jersey at that statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, are, do you guys ever have the plan to move to the West Coast or move to Southern Florida? Um, so we have been talking about moving to either like Arizona or the Vegas area. Uh, obviously, our biggest thing is we have two kids. Yeah. So finding a you know family friendly area, maybe good school districts, um, you know that's our our big you know one twos. We were a lot more active about that thought before COVID hit. Um, now that COVID hit, obviously life you know is on hold a little bit more. Um, and with his job, like I said, his security, he was working in New York City with his job, which is where the you know big finance market is. Yeah. Um, so he is like i said working from home full time so he's like well i'm gonna work from home full time who cares and now they're kind of saying that they possibly might do hybrid in person come this spring but there's really no reason for him to be i mean he's been working at home for an entire year um so if he can and if he can find a job even if it's this one or another one that is remote or in that area we would more actively move um I mean, the taxes alone uh, in Nevada, Arizona, on a house the same size. Well, actually, a house that's twice the size, brand new, would have, we would pay one tenth of the property taxes. Yeah. Yeah. That, hell, that'd be worth negotiating a pay cut for his current employer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's so that definitely, I mean, and right now, like 70% of our taxes are going towards the school district and we're not using the school district. Um, so it's, 
definitely hard. The, the cost of living in New Jersey is astronomical. So we definitely would like to move out there. We just have to, you know, do our due diligence and make sure it's the right for our family. Cause it's not just the two of us that could live on ramen noodles and in an apartment. Right. <laughs> right. Well, if you end up so. in Vegas, look at private schools. Cause unfortunately Vegas is a, a pretty bad public school district. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I mean, there are some towns on the outskirts of Vegas that have some better school districts, but I mean, if we are cutting costs that much, that's what we would obviously if we're saving here, then we can splurge there. So yeah, hell yeah. Most of like Vegas is not a bad place to live, especially if you have a family. It mm-hmm. it's not a great I lived there for a couple of years when I first moved west. I I don't love it as a single dude. You'd think like, yeah. oh Vegas is a single dude, it's amazing. Not when you fucking live there. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, you're not just visiting, you're not a Benny. Right. right. Or a tourist. Right. Once you live there for a minute, the only time you ever go anywhere near the strip if you can avoid it is most of the concert venues are on the strip and like some good restaurants are there. Otherwise you go nowhere near there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, uh, it's very suburban and it's, it is a rough town to meet new people in just because people are very transient there. Yeah. But like, if you already have like the family unit, it'd be much easier to adapt to. To transition. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much so. Yeah. I don't think we would move to California or LA. That's just not, that's like two West Coast for us East Coasters. <laughs> and so, like I said, especially having a family too. Um, so so we have to see. We're hoping to to move out there. So very cool. Yeah. yeah. I I would always recommend Vegas over Arizona. I also my audience is well aware of this. Do not like Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um we are kind of poly. Um I proposed to my like girlfriend to be like a sister wife. And it was this whole thing got down on one knee. I posted it on social media um, and she's out in Arizona. So that would be the thing that would, you know, having this long distance relationship is kind of hard, but being in Vegas would still be close enough for me. Arizona is just a little too, my husband loves Arizona, loves the heat. We were there in the end of November and it was 85 degrees. That is too fucking hot for me. The fact that Vegas gets at least that cold, you know, it gets to 50s in the winter or whatever, that I can deal with. I can't deal with the fact that your fall and your winter is like 85 because when your summers are 120 degrees, I will melt. I will, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I don't, that's, that's way too, I mean, I know it gets to that in Vegas too, but Arizona was just, I felt so hot um, there being in November, you know. Well, my my opinion on Arizona, at least Phoenix, is it's all the bad parts of Vegas with none of the good. Yeah. Is yeah, we were in, that's where we were in Phoenix. And it was definitely a lot, a lot, lot different than I was expecting. We went up to Sedona, which was beautiful, um, and everything, but it's definitely different than what I am looking for in a West Coast, you know, moving to the West transition. Um so my husband and I are trying to kind of meet halfway in our expectations of what we want location wise, you know, um, and, you know, weather wise climate and, you know, geographically speaking where we want to go. So kind of finding that halfway point is really where we are right now. <laughs> I mean, you could always look at Flagstaff because Flagstaff actually still gets snow. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. I need it to snow. I need a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, you can also look at like 
the Mount Charleston area in Vegas, like live on the mountain and that gets snow too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, there's some little places outside of Vegas and like even between Vegas and um, Arizona that we've heard of have, you know, pretty nice spots of just figuring out where our home is and what's calling to us, <laughs> you know. I'm a list maker, so I like to like check off my list. I'm type A. I always have lists. So <laughs> just checking those boxes right now. Nice, nice. Yeah, un- unfortunately, like you will be disappointed by the pizza in probably both those places. Yeah, I'm sure. I know like every time I go out to Vegas or whatever, I know, you know, what to expect. Half the time I'm like, oh, I'm really craving some Italian, but I'm not gonna do this. Maybe I'll do this. I'll know that this place has good Italian, but I wouldn't get X, Y, and Z. So it's very yeah. very different. Vegas for the most part has a lot of regional Italian, like not like New York mom and pop yeah. Italian immigrant Italian. Yeah. Which it's funny when we were in Arizona. We went out there for our wedding anniversary and we're just walking around with, okay, let's just walk around in whatever place we happen to, you know, go into. We went to Scottsdale um, for like our dinner, like an early dinner. We're just walking around whatever happens to look good when we're walking by. Let's just walk into it, you know, be spontaneous. So we walk into this place. It's really cute. We're sitting outside. We're sitting down. The owner walks up to us, starts talking, and we're like, hmm, he's not from around here. And he's hearing us. Uh, they're not from around here. He's like, oh, where are you guys from? Oh, Jersey. He's like, oh, me too. I'm like, of course. The <laughs> one place <laughs> in the entire area that we walk into, the owner is from Jersey and New York City. We found it. You know, like it was calling to us. <laughs> you know? that, that is the one good thing about like those cities is there are a lot of transplants and a lot of yeah transplant spots. But it's still not not quite the same. It's not yeah. not quite. For you know, the Chicago one, I mean, there's a there's a place called uh Capos in Vegas, on Sahara. It's way off strip. Okay. And it's you know a good Italian restaurant. And from the outside it looks like it's just a bar. And yeah. you roll in there and like it's just a little booth when you walk in and you're like, Where the hell's the rest of the restaurant? Guy opens a panel like, What you want? Yeah, you're like, Oh yes. And then he's perfect. Sl- <laughs> he slides open a wall and it exposes the rest of the restaurant. It's great. Yeah. And actually, really yeah. pretty good food. Oh, nice. So, next time yeah. you go, you'll have to check it out. Like, I have to, yeah, I have to write that down on my list. Every time someone gives me, I think I have this list of like places to go in Vegas, places to go. <laughs> I'm like writing it down. The, as far as TV shows go, everyone, I need mindless TV when I watch, and my guilty pleasures are The Housewives. I can't help it because it's just so stupid sometimes and there have been times when i've seen the houses of new jersey like in person so it's just kind of funny to see if they're in random spots all over new jersey oh i know what town they're in here oh i've seen this place randomly before whatever it may be um so the one housewife from like the housewives of beverly hills or whatever lisa vanderpump owns a couple restaurants in la like sir pump villa blanca and or Villa, yeah, Villa Blanca or Villa Rosa, whatever, Villa Blanca and Tom Tom and whatever it is. So I told my husband, like, when we go to LA, I really want to go to the restaurant <laughs> <laughs> that's on my housewives. So I dragged Lexi Luna with me and I'm like, Lexi, you're coming with me too. We're going to go and see. But it was, it was socially distanced, you know, like you had to 
you had a reservation. There was like one table here and there. And we went out, went there and left. And of course, I'm hoping to see like people that I know from the show, but they're all wearing masks and like face shields. And like, <laughs> I wouldn't even know if it was one of them because everyone is so far away from each other and everyone's wearing masks and face shields. I was like, oh, but it was still cool. <laughs> like We were there, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. That's all, I'm like, I'm not even any of those restaurants. And I hope all those places survive the goddamn pandemic because that's, yeah, that's the fucking I mean, worst about all this yeah, shit. Yeah, it's definitely very hard. There have been a lot of places in Jersey that have closed down. Um, uh, especially, I think it was in September, Murphy said he was going to reopen indoor dining, and everyone hired their staff and tripled their orders for food and liquor. And then the next week, he says, oh, no, just kidding. Not going to open up indoor. So a lot of places had to fold because they easily were spending a base of 10 grand on alcohol that they had already fronted that they couldn't get back. So, yeah, it's it's definitely been tough, especially, you know, for small businesses and, you know, restaurateurs. And, yeah, you know, just... this has been handled so poorly from top to bottom. And the, the fact that, like, LA is ending its stay at home order today and mm-hmm. they're allowing patio dining again. It's like our numbers are still higher than New York's ever were right now. Why yeah. the fuck are we reopening? Why is the government not taking care of these small businesses? And yeah. Not- I mean, I think at the same time, there are a lot of people that, that need that for their emotional well being to where their mental state, it sucks to say that, you know, we're, afraid and you know stay closed for the greater good or stay home for the greater good when someone may be like it's really hard to say that someone could be on suicide watch because all they want is to sit on a patio chair and just that was their happy place you know um a lot of my girlfriends have kids that are highly autistic and they would walk on the trails every day as part of their routine with their child and they knew that that was part of their routine and they closed the trails here. So now you know, my poor girlfriends have highly autistic children that now are having full meltdowns where, you know, they're smashing their head against a wall because they can't, they don't have that routine. Something as simple as just going outside, you know, for their, their mental stability and for their well being. So it's, it's really, it's really, really hard. And I hate to be someone that says like, you're going to kill everybody because you're out in the patio. Um, but I think as, as adults, we need to make better decisions as individuals too. And we hopefully everyone will be reflecting, doing some personal reflection and calling up their doctors, their dental practitioners, their specialists, and being like, hey, I want to do blood panels. I want to see if I have anything wrong with my heart, wrong with my lungs, wrong with my head, wrong. Do I have allergies? You know, what, you know, should I be taking vitamin C more? Oh no, vitamin D, you know. Whatever it may be, I'm hoping that this wakes a lot of people up to with being proactive with their health and knowing, am I need a compromise? Am I, you know, um, to. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Pretty much anybody out there can use more vitamin D or C, though. Pretty much everybody. Yeah, vitamin, vitamin D and magnesium are always lacking in everyone's, yeah. everyone's diet. Take, take some supplements, guys. You probably need them. And I mean, I, like, I, I personally like some vitamin D in my life. <laughs> so when this is all said and done when we get back to some level of no- normalcy where do you want to go first hmm that's interesting hmm i mean so i've been doing i've been traveling safely like being covid tested i've been going to you know vegas and LA, like going straight there 
staying in my hotel, shooting, testing, you know, like that's it. Um, the one place I, I want to do more traveling in Europe. Um, that's probably going to take a really long time to open up, um, especially Europe's lockdowns are 20 times stricter than anything that we've ever seen. Um, I really wanted to go to Greece and like Croatia and the Mediterranean. Um, I was, I was supposed to do like a little, I have a friend that was treating my husband and I to like a little sailing yacht trip all together because a friend of his has one. So we were reaping the benefits. Um, We were supposed to do that, but because it was going to be on international waters, we didn't want to take the chance that, you know, we'd be stuck somewhere. So I would like to, you know, sail. I've never been to an island before either. Um, I've been to Europe a couple of times, but I've never been to an island. So popping that island cherry to (laughs) would be nice. Where have you been in Europe? Uh, I've been to Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I haven't done Austria or Switzerland. I went to Munich for Oktoberfest a couple of years ago. Okay, nice. Yeah, Michelle. I've been to Nuremberg Ring in Germany for Formula One Grand Prix. I did the Sound of Music tour in Austria, which was really cool to see all of the places that they shot. The gazebo where they sing I Am 16 Going on 17 was closed because an elderly woman decided that she was going to try to reenact that scene and sing I Am 16 Going on 78 and fell through the glass pane and broke her arm. So they wouldn't let us into the gazebo because they were afraid of casualties. So oh, that was no. <laughs> the one funny thing. Um, and then Switzerland, I was there just for like a day or two, um, just in between and traveling. But Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, those Mediterranean islands I've I've wanted to check out too. Like Greece looks amazing. You know, Spit Croatia is supposed to be wildly affordable. Yeah. Who, who knows what anything's gonna cost when this is all said? Yeah, and done. Like, once everything opens back up. Yeah. Yeah. Hotels exactly. are gonna be like, here, you're gonna give us a dollar? Take the room. We just need money. Oh, everything has been so inexpensive. It's so nice. I'm like, how much is this? A strip with a strip view? What? Yes, yeah, sign me up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I want international travel is a big passion of mine. So like, I really cannot wait to get back to it. Like, yeah, fucking stir crazy. Like, I want to go somewhere weird and drink with interesting and people. do something. Yeah, I just honestly, the first thing I want to do, I just want to go out and have drinks and dance my ass off. That's all I want to do. I want to go to that place that we took for granted, that bar, that sweaty bar that played the music you loved so much, <laughs> you know? That's it. Even something as silly as I couldn't, you know, getting my nails painted, that was my escape, you know, you know, as a mom in general. So not having that little escape, I was like, gosh, like I will never take a manicure, pedicure for granted again, <laughs> you know? Um, so just, I honestly, the little things are what I miss the most, just being able to go out and like dance in a bar, you know, some places have outdoor dining or had, you know, areas. I didn't go to any of that personally. It just wasn't the same when I didn't have any desire to go out in a mask and eat my dinner in a small corner and that I could only get, you know, I could do that at home, <laughs> you know, if I wanted to, yeah. um, but being able to go out at a bar or, or dancing with friends, you know, is really, you know, what I miss the most. No, I, I miss that shit too. Like, cause I'm definitely the kind of person who will just go sit at the bar and strike up conversations with people around me. Yeah. And I've been out for socially distanced nights a couple times during the pandemic. And yeah. it was the weird balancing act of like, I wanted to go to my local when they had outdoor sitting just to support them. I didn't really want to yeah. be there. I didn't want to, yeah. like, I didn't ever really feel comfortable being out. It was great seeing the staff, 
great seeing my friends that work there, but it's like, I don't really want to be here. I'm just literally spending what little extra money I have to like, hope that you guys are here when shit gets back to normal. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just a, you know, not a great experience. I love, I love this place. I love, I love that bar, but it's just like, I'm bullshitting with the one person I'm here with, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm like, I'm not having the social bar experience. Her and I could have just been doing that on my rooftop. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. But it, it, yeah. It, it's also, I feel important to like support those establishments if you're able to. No, it is like supporting small businesses and people that, you know, have been there for you, whether they know it or not, like a bar, you know, <laughs> and you know, I, having girls nights, you know, my friends that are all moms, you know, all going out and, <laughs> letting the moms go wild. <laughs> you know, we need that sometimes, you know, their favorite thing to do is like, Oh, they're flirting with a dude. And then all of a sudden I'll hear my girlfriend go, did, did you see Aria Kate over there? Check out her porn home. And I'm like, Oh, you son of a bitch. Like, you know, I'm trying to hide, do my own thing, but she, you know, my girlfriends will feel like, Oh, okay. I'm done flirting with this guy. How do I get rid of him? Oh, look, it's Aria Kate. Uh, oh. Like, thank you. That <laughs> you is know? such a dick move. That is such yeah, a dick I'm move. Like, okay, but I'll take it. I'll be like, hey, what's up? How are you? Yep, here's my porn hub. Enjoy. Thanks. Yep. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Buy me a drink that I can watch the whole time. I need to keep yeah, eyes exactly. on it. I'm like, I'm good. I'm here with my girlfriends. I still get mommy syndrome when I go out, especially being tall. <laughs> you know, I get very dommy too. Hurt, making sure everyone's okay, seeing the exit at all times. You know, when I have when Ari's got heels on, I'm, you know, super super tall, so everyone in the bar can see me. You know, so my drunk friend just sees me as a beacon. You know, <laughs> there's safety right there. Yeah, oh, exactly. I, yeah. I, hopefully, hopefully we get back to normal normalcy sometime this year. That'd be I, yeah. I, that would be so nice. It would. <laughs> it would be. I, I I have a lot of fear on the American public taking the vaccine in a timely fashion just especially because the second you know this supposed to have some potential adverse side effects and i feel like people that are on the fence about vaccines in the first place who get one and gives them adverse side effects will not show up for the second dose well i mean you shouldn't if you have an adverse reaction <laughs> you could die well i, I mean i mean i'm not I... talking about like super adverse but it, you know it's been yeah. shown in some people that like give mild covid like symptoms that you quickly recover from yeah, that's true. I mean, anything with a side effect, you should have consent whether or not to take. And I think, like I said with before, it's personal responsibility. You've got to be responsible for your own health. And if you're making the decision that you're going to get the COVID vaccine, get the COVID vaccine for your health. And, you know, you've done your part in getting the COVID, you know, the COVID vaccine. And if you feel like, you know, eating 10 apples has kept you really healthy. Then you eat those 10 fucking apples and you stay healthy. <laughs> you know, it's it, like I said, it's personal responsibility. It's also knowing your baseline too. If you know, you do like a whole bunch of tests and you're allergic to say to all this stuff, like that are, that's in the COVID vaccine. Well, you probably shouldn't get it. Like not being a medical professional, but like, right. you know, you probably shouldn't get it. And then find out what you can do as an individual. Like maybe you should just keep testing for COVID all the time. If you're going to be doing stuff or, you know, taking whatever your body is saying it needs and things that you're allergic to that you need from that or, you know, whatever it may be, like do your part in the best way you can as like a human in society, <laughs> you know? Definitely. Well, but also take the advice of medical professionals. Don't just like yeah. Google things on the internet and be like, nope, that's not for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's why it's important to find specialists too, and like second opinions, because you can go to a doctor that tells you like you need to eat ten apples, and you go to a doctor to say like, well, actually you're allergic to apples, so you shouldn't eat ten apples. You know, <laughs> so it's really important to like do your due diligence for everything. <laughs> yeah. Get a third opinion if you're really feeling you need it. Yeah. Like, exactly. Doctors are fallible humans too. Yeah. Yeah. They make mistakes. I mean, that's why they're required to have malpractice insurance because yeah, they insurance, may make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but get as many fucking opinions as you need. But don't just like be like, I saw that on the internet, I'm not doing this, or I saw that yeah. on the internet, I'm doing this, you know, diving right in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone has an opinion and a lot of them stink. Well, that's the thing about opinions. We all have them and they're all individuals, so no one's gonna love your opinion anyway because it's not theirs. <laughs> right. right. You shouldn't just blindly like no one. No one come to this show for medical opinions or advice. Like, dude, I don't, I, I don't know yeah. shit. I'm speaking out of my asshole for entertainment purposes. Do not yeah. take what I say to heart about anything. Consult professionals. Exactly. Just like you would consult me about sucking dick. Yeah. Consult Arya <laughs> quite a bit about sucking dick. Like, <laughs> you know, if you're a lady out there and you need some advice, I'm sure Arya will be willing to help you out with it. I'm the head doctor, okay? We gotta get you, like, the stethoscope, like, the, the old-school doctor with the reflector. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Arya Cade, head doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, Arya, we're gonna call last call this motherfucker, get you out of here. I'm sure your children are probably beating down your door. Yeah, mama's got no kitties tonight. They got they're at the ba- with the babysitter, so mama's just gonna get her drink on and hell hang yeah, out. hell yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> mama's gonna enjoy her drink, but where can ma- they find mama on all her things? Yeah, <laughs> where, where, where can they find you on the socials, the OnlyFans, all that fun so you, stuff? So you can find me pretty much everywhere. Obviously, just Google me, you'll find me. My Twitter is Aria Cade Triple X. First, I'm gonna spell my name. Okay, all right. that's A R I A. K-H-A-I-D-E and it's Aria Cade. That's how you pronounce that. My Instagram is XO Aria Cade. My OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Aria Cade. You can find me on many vids, Pornhub, Clips for Sale, Sex Panther if you want to chat with me. I take phone calls and texting, um, but I'm all over and hopefully I am your screensaver and background on your phone. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> to say you're not mine, but yeah. Whatever, I'll let you slide for right now. All right. I, I, I appreciate that. I, you know, I can't, I can't play favorites like that. Like, you know, mm. I, I have to deal with a lot of people. In the, you haven't the, met me. Second place is first loser. Oh shit! Oh shit! Well, we, we'll in time. In time for right now, I'm going to just keep it as my nice generic background and stay safe yeah. from everyone else I have on the show. So the kitties, right? Like the hang in their tent. <laughs> exactly. But. As always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook, twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer. You can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter, And Now We Drink on the store on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. Aria, it was a goddamn pleasure. Ooh, cheers. Thank you so much for having me.